Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And good morning. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic today, hosted by Aaron Spitzner and Chauncey Weisensel. You hear these two voices Monday through Friday, and then we get an hour on the weekend to talk about retirement. Good morning, guys. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, well rested after vacation. I'll, I'll fill people in on that little news in just a little bit. Chauncey, welcome back. Thank you, Paul. It's good to have you here. So I was on vacation in Door County. Spitz and I are like texting each other about something. Wait a minute. We're up here too. Where are you? And I mentioned this Christmas store called Tannenbaum. So are we. <laughs> we were literally <laughs> in the, the same places, <laughs> but we never saw each other. So did you buy a lot of ornaments? Um, me, no, none. Oh. My daughter spent over, I think, 100 bucks on It's not hard to do there. One ornament could be 20 or 30, yeah. right? And it's all yeah. that unique stuff. Yeah. Like a, a naked Santa. Where the beard covers you know what? I did not see that no, one. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's in a, you can get just about anything there. And Christmas music yeah. is playing; it smells good. Just a getaway was nice. We needed a good week of vacation, but back to work it is, and we are live in studio. What do we do? Well, the Cowell Investment Group, the retirement specialist. We talk retirement. We have the boss segment for business owners coming up after our first break. The sexy segment in the second half of the show about wealth management and preservation. Those are weekly features on the show. A little background on the Kowal Investment Group. You guys are all about retirement. And Aaron, I'll let you talk a little bit. Uh, Chauncey's got some topics today. I think you're starting the show with a topic. That's right. Um, we will uh, we'll jump right into it in a second here. Um, and if, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at uh, 262-522-4040. Uh, we have offices in Waukesha. Port Washington and uh, Racine, uh, right off 94 there in, in Mount Pleasant. So not far off the expressway in Racine. A new um, one in, in Heartland, too. Yeah, that, that's another yes. new one. Now that I'm down in the Racine location, I, it almost slipped my mind. Yes. Uh, yep. That and was also, announced a couple yep. weeks ago on the show. Correct. Yep. And uh, yeah, like you said, a new office in uh, downtown Heartland. Um, also, Phoenix, Arizona for Snowbirds. And yep. Jeff talks about you're licensed in, I don't want to get this wrong, but like 27 states. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for that reason, for yeah. retired people that move, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and it's being this uh, warm outside, it's uh, hard to think about the, the snowbirds right now. But <laughs> uh, believe it or not, that time will be coming soon. Okay, as, as warm as we think it is here, and what is yeah. it? It's only 79 and sunny now, yeah, right? Have you looked at what the rest of the no. world, Europe <laughs> and uh, Florida? I mean, that's 120 in, in certain areas of Arizona. Yeah, that... Uh, but it's a dry heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Correct. And, yeah, no, we have that nasty humidity. <laughs> I, I will take this any day over ice and snow in winter, the, um, so I'm enjoying it. Uh, that being said, I mentioned your market updates. Yep. Those are every day of the week. They're heard during the Mark Belling Show, 3 and 5 p.m. news blocks, and it gives us the news of the day, where we're at in the Dow and what it means. We, and, and things are they're up and down. They're volatile. We are in... Technically, a bear market, Aaron. Am I correct? Well, we've we hit a bear market. So, as a reminder, a you know a bear market is going to be when we're down over twenty percent um, in the the S and P five hundred. Um, we've we've come back a little bit this past week. It was a, it was a decent week. It started off pretty great. Um, 
And then things kind of fell apart a little bit on Friday. But uh, we ended the week up about 2.5% um, for the S&P 500 and about a little over 3% for the uh, more tech-heavy NASDAQ. So year-to-date, the numbers still aren't uh, looking that good. Uh, the S&P 500 is down about 17%. Uh, the Dow down about 12%. And the NASDAQ down about 24%. So for, the NASDAQ, for the year. Yep, that's year-to-date. Uh, and, and the thing that hasn't helped is the bond market. Again, as interest rates go up, the value of bonds go down. Uh, so for those investors that have a balanced portfolio, maybe 60% in stock, 40% in bonds, well, if the bond market's down, you know, double digits, that is not going to uh, to help you at all. Uh, typically, in a in a bear market or in a down market, you have that bonds to the bonds, uh, you know, support your portfolio. Maybe when you know the market's down, bonds are positive, but that's not the case this year. So it it uh, has been uh, painful for a lot of investors. Uh, John White did the market reports uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and one of his closing lines. Now you guys get only like a minute in the news yep. block, and you cram a lot of info in there. One of his comments was, "Remember, there's opportunities in these down markets." You're, yep. you're buying low, right? You're buying at a low price. Yeah, that, that's another thing that I think a lot of. Um, investors need to remember, even those adding the 401ks, you know, it can be discouraging to look at your 401k balance or even your rate of return. But just remember that with the market down, uh, for those that have a, a longer time frame till retirement, it's it's an opportunity to uh, really w- buy when stocks are on sale. So it, it is a bit of an opportunity. And there's other planning opportunities that are out there as well. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about this morning before you know, before the uh, first commercial break here, was getting into a little bit more information about pensions. We don't talk about pensions too much on the show, and I wanted to touch base on, you know, one of the things that's lurking out there this year, and, and that's the fact that that rising interest rates actually reduces the value of your pension lump sum. So what do I mean by that? Not a lot of listeners are probably familiar with pensions and some of the jargon associated with it. Uh, because only about 15% of people that uh, are, are employees uh, have access to a pension. Uh, most people are self-funded uh, in their 401k. Yeah, okay. uh, but years ago it was like all pension, right? Yeah, that yeah, and it's it's a lot of employers have shifted that that liability onto the onto the employee by means of a 401k. So with these pensions, um, when you get to retirement, you typically have two options. One is a lump sum, basically a buyout. Uh, the other is a monthly annuity, where they give you a monthly payment every month until you die, and that may continue for your spouse. Okay. Uh, well, with the pension lump sums, that's calculated. Uh, you know, there's there's different formulas for different employers, but one of the big items out there is a uh, is based on a interest rate that the Federal Reserve or the IRS posts every year, and that interest rate, as it goes up, it reduces the value of your pension lump sum. So to put that in the perspective, okay, uh, a one percent increase in rates can cause a ten to fifteen percent reduction in your pension lump sum. So currently, for a lot of plans, it's based upon last year's rate. Okay, now rates have gone up, so your lump sum value is going to decrease. For every 1% it goes up, it goes down how much? About 10 to 15%. That's quite a so, bit. So to put that in dollars, okay, a, a $500,000 pension lump sum would basically be valued at $425,000 next year, okay? So now you might look at that if you're close to retirement and say, well, should I just retire now 
and take the lump sum and, you know, before it goes down. And, and that's one of the, the things a lot of employers and employees are, are really looking at right now. And I know some employers are aware of this issue and trying to do things to retain their, their talent and their employees because obviously they're having a hard enough time right now finding people. The last thing you want to do is encourage people to retire yes. because they take a big hit in their pension lump sum. I, you're right about that. I mean, at, at our station, uh, at our we work for IHAR, but so at our cluster, uh, I think pet insurance was a part of our benefits this year. And I never saw that in my life. <laughs> Clearly, they're offering things that they never did before. And we're not alone. That's across the board. Aaron, a lot of companies, employee retention is a big deal. Yeah, and that's interesting, the pet insurance. Um, yeah, I, should, like you, I should take it considering, you know, i got an 11-year-old dog. She's a, a lab, and that's up there in years. I hate to say it. I don't know if it's insurable at that, at that point. <laughs> it's like people, though. They, they do look at uh, – Thanks, Aaron. They, they look at the age and everything of the dog just like they would with just a Just like us. Yeah, and, and the of sign course. rate accordingly. So I don't know how it works in an employee plan, but, you know, I always think it's worth looking into, especially when you get a – you know, a puppy before you even find out if there's any issue with it, obviously just go. It's like a baby. Yeah. You know, get the insurance right away and lock it it's in. It's like a ba- baby with fur. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, fur baby. Um, <laughs> yes, a fur, a fur baby. But anyways, so the the big conundrum now everybody's talking about is, well, what do I do with my lump sum? Okay, should I take the lump sum buyout right now or should I hold off, work a few more years and take that monthly annuity? Well, obviously we can't solve that over the – over the air right now, you know, you're going to have to take a look at the numbers a little deeper, and we can certainly assist with that. If you give our office a call, we can run through the what we call the retirement cash flow analysis. But just a couple things to consider while you're you're um, taking a look at your own numbers at home. Um, f- first is, you know, how is your health? Okay, uh, so the amount of that pension lump sum is based upon average life expectancies. If you expect to live longer than the than the average person of your age, you may want to consider passing up the lump sum. However, if you're facing medical issues, taking the buyout uh, may be the way to go. So if you if you have lurking medical issues or maybe uh, the family, you know, you don't have longevity in your family, you may want to take that lump sum instead of uh, wait for that monthly, you know, have that monthly annuity. Um, the other is how financially secure is your employer and your plan? This is a big one too. If you just Google uh, pension plans underfunded, you'll find a lot of news headlines, especially recently, uh, that, you know, with the market down and pension plans paying out these liabilities or payments to the uh, employers or retirees, you'll find that there's a lot of underfunded pensions in the United States. So you want to be careful. Again, if you take that monthly annuity, you want to make sure, um, your company is financially secure. Uh, there is insurance out there for pension funds. So if your employer goes out of business with a pension plan that doesn't have enough funds to pay benefits, your existing or future payments could be reduced. So even with that insurance, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, even with that insurance, uh, your pension payment could be reduced. Um, so something to be aware of there. And then the, the other thing is obviously, does your spouse agree your spouse obviously wants to consent and, and be aware with what your decision is. Um, so maybe you want to take the lump sum, uh, and maybe your spouse thinks you're going to go spend it at, at the Tannenbaum and, and buy all those ornaments, Paul. Oh, yeah. So, you know, maybe they say, maybe be more, you know, 
make better sense to take the monthly payment because then you won't go spend it all at one time. But if I take, okay, let's think about this. Could I take the lump sum and reinvest that? Yeah, so that that's the other thing is, is you know, the tax rules of it. So if you take the lump sum, you can roll that over to an IRA. Uh, you have more flexibility with when you want to take it out. Uh, of course, you'll be subject to required minimum distributions, but it's just something to be aware of there. Um, again, with the uh, with the monthly annuity, you're you're fixed. It, it is what it is, and every distribution to you is taxable. Yeah. So, so again, going back to the beginning of the pension talk, about fifteen percent of Americans have a pension plan. Is that what you said? Yep. It's actually higher than I thought. Yeah, I thought they were yeah, almost yeah. totally gone. But the. the you got to remember, there's a lot of like state workers and uh, city, you know, city workers, uh, teachers. Uh, so you have those pensions. You don't really see the big employer-funded pensions around anymore. A lot of them are, are freezing their pension benefits. Uh, some yep. of the big pharmaceutical companies they offer pensions because they have a lot of competition. Uh, so you'll see that more more often as well, but not really like the big industrial companies anymore. And if they have them, they're, they're typically I have them. a pension with the Hearst Corporation because WISN was owned by Hearst for my first two years. So I still get the the annual info. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. What was I <laughs> making like seven bucks an hour when I started here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something. Maybe it'll cover, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of bill that would even cover. Pay you know, for my coffee. Yeah. Sometimes I look at it that way, like, oh, if you can get a monthly payment and it's, you know, I don't know, 150 bucks. Yep. Well, maybe that covers a cell phone bill or, or Th- something like that. That's kind of how I'm know? looking at it. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it's, it's going to be small, obviously. Everybody went then to the 401k. And I'm talking about back when the pensions kind of went away, the 401k came into play. And if the employer matched, who's not going to get involved in that, yeah. right? Yeah, and again, a lot of that is the employers basically shifting the liability uh, off of themselves onto the employees, saying, "Hey, we don't want to be responsible for everybody's, you know, retirement. We have a lot right. of risk that we're carrying with but this plan, a lot of costs." But they're still invested because if they're matching, right? Yeah, but it's no longer on them. I mean, it, it's up to you what you yeah. invest in in the plan and. and you know, how you manage that money. So I, I have heard this, correct me if I'm wrong, both trunks, you can chime in too. Some companies, it's an automatic, you have to opt out when you're hired instead of opting in. Have you, have yeah, you- that, that's become, um, you know, more regular with the, the government realizing that there's a, an issue out there with, with um, people not saving for retirement. You know, they're, they're advocating for that, that basically you, when you take this job, you're automatically enrolled and maybe automatically put into a target date fund, um, something that's more set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, so you just continue to plug away and, and you have something there when you get to retirement. Yeah, you mentioned pensions. Like I'm thinking of police officers. They all get pensions, right? Oh, yeah. Most. And, and you want to hear one that, that'll make you basically fall out of your chair. Um, I, when <laughs> I was looking at some of this pension information, I, I ran across this, this good article here. Dr. Fauci's retirement pension will exceed President Joe Biden's salary. Okay, so uh, basically, it's the largest federal retirement package in history, um, and the amount will be a. It, this is an article from uh, what is it? The Open Book. It basically they go they go through or OpenTheBooks.com, so they they have access to obviously all the 
federal employees' compensation information. And Dr. Fauci's retirement pension is estimated to be about $414,000 a year. Uh, and Biden's salary. Presidents don't make a lot. In the big picture, right? Like when Trump was president, it was almost a joke. Yeah, he gets paid, what is it, 200 Let me Google the salary right Yeah, typically... Now. But president's about, the president's about four hundred thousand. Oh, okay. Uh, so I mean, they still make a, a good chunk of change, but I mean, you're the leader of the free world. You'd, you'd think that you would make more than what uh, Dr. Fauci would make when he hey, retires. You would think, right? Yeah. It, the current salary for Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is right now four hundred thousand dollars a year, with an expense account of fifty thousand dollars. Now, for a guy like Biden, who is a millionaire himself. Obviously, Fauci is in that group as well, uh, but interesting that he will get how much a year? About four hundred and fourteen thousand dollars plus annual cost of living increases. Uh, so that's when he retires. I think he he announced that uh, this week that he'll be retiring in twenty twenty five. Good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the um, it's it, time I mean, for him to just go away. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that I forgot it said how long he's been in government. I mean, I mean there are different formulas that they use here. Um, so the Office of Personal Management calculates it by taking 80% of an average of the bureaucrat's three highest paid years of service and also letting the worker cash in any unused sick leave. So his tenure uh, also gets an additional 2% annuity payment every year. So he has a couple benefits rolled in there uh, for how long he's been um, with the federal government. I think it was about 59 years or so, something uh, pretty outrageous. Um, oh, he's he's been the director of uh, NIAID. Let's see, eighty three. Yeah, so it, to two thousand and two, and now his official titer, title is chief medical advisor to the president of the United States. Yeah, so he'll it'll be um, fifty nine years that he'll be in the federal government. So when you look at his tenure uh, plus his compensation, um, it, it's pretty lucrative. I mean, the average. Uh, if, if I had to take a guess, I mean, if I see a a pension payment that's around five thousand dollars a month. Uh, that that's a pretty yeah. good pension. I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, right? when you're making that, and then on top of that, you had Social Security. I mean, that's a pretty good standard of living in retirement. Uh, so, you know, I I just thought that was interesting. You know, in this talk about pensions, to see that Dr. Fauci's uh, estimates are about four hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a year. Um, he may, I don't think he really even needs that. And that's um, at this point. And I mean, not to diminish, he's a very smart man. He's been around forever. He is now 81 years old. So, so born in 19. Yeah, so, if you wonder where your tax dollars are going, it's going towards a $414,000 <laughs> pension. Uh, so, presidents make 400 a year. That That has gone up. I wonder what the. Uh, I'm just curious. Give me two seconds here. Uh, what do you think governors make? Any guess? I seventy thousand to two hundred one, depending on the state. Hmm. Okay, think of making seventy thousand dollars a year, and you're the governor. Yeah, but there's a lot that you know when you're in that position, you're you're you know the the true money probably comes after the fact. Oh, entirely. You know, when you have other opportunities, most going to the private sector. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, governor Scott Walker is now doing stuff like that. Yeah, um, often a fill-in host here in WISN in this very chair. Yeah. Uh, so it, good stuff. Anything else to wrap that up before we break and get to Chauncey? I think you got the next segment, Chauncey. Yeah, right? that's right. We're going to talk about uh, Series I bonds or I bonds if people have been hearing about them a little bit. We've been hearing about bonds quite a bit lately, actually, right? 
Yeah, it's a little bit different kind of bond, um, and there's some rules around it. Um, but we've been getting a lot of questions from clients and other people uh, about them, so I figured it'd be kind of a timely thing to talk about. We'll dive into that. And Spencer, we got Aaron set to go with the boss segment, right? That's coming up right after the break. Business owners, their savings and security. Stay tuned for that. Aaron mentioned uh, the phone number before. I want to give you the information for the Cowell Investment Group. By the way, celebrating 35 years of service this year, the 35th anniversary at the Kowal Investment Group. Find out more online, thekowalway.com, thekowalway.com. And this is the Retirement Clinic. Aaron Spitzner, Chauncey Weisensel. Joining me, I'm Paul Kronforst on WISM. A text or two I see, but we'd love to take a phone call if it's about retirement, getting to retirement. How do you get to that amount? Give us a call. We've got your answers on WISN. The Academic Mortgage Line is open 414 799 Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Have you done the math on your business? Many small business owners don't know what their business is worth. According to a poll from M&T Bank, a whopping 98%, yes, you heard me right, 98% of small businesses polled over two years did not know the value of their companies. That's a startling statistic, especially since the business tends to be the most valuable asset for a business owner. If you haven't had a valuation done for your business yet, it's time you do, and here's why. Evaluation is critical to running a business and selling it. Think issuing of stock options, tax and estate planning, capital raising, succession planning, buy-sell agreements, impending sale, insurance needs, and obtaining business funding. A business valuation plays a key role for each of those needs. If you don't have a current valuation, you'll be at a disadvantage. This is not a one-and-done practice. Depending on what you need the valuation for, it can be done annually or every few years. Staying current on your business value can help you determine weak spots, make improvements, and prepare you for unexpected opportunities such as being approached by a buyer or the exit of a partner. To get started, you will want to find a certified expert to value your business. If you need assistance or recommendations, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040. Or visit thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal, today's Boss Minute about business owners, savings, and security. It goes without saying Aaron Spitzner and Chauncey Weisensel, who are here today in the retirement clinic. Some business owners treat their business as their retirement, their, their retirement plan. That's okay, right? But you need something to fall back on as well. Yeah, you want to have something, some sort of 401k, or if you're a business owner, SEP IRA, simple um, even some sort of taxable account that you're contributing to on the side, uh, you know the value of your business can rise and fall depending on demand. And yeah, um, so it's good to have some sort of other nest egg set aside other than just relying on your selling your business as your sole place of um, yeah. assets it, when you're retired. And it's important, I think, for people for business owners to realize that we do that segment each week. It's just a minute or so, but it just reminds business owners. Switching gears, Chauncey, you said you got information on bonds specifically. Did you say I-bonds? Yes, Series I savings bonds, they're called. If you hear about them at all, people talking about them or in the news, uh, they're more like just called I-bonds for short. Uh, And what they are is they're linked to inflation. Um, So for the last 10 years or so, right, inflation, no one's talked about it hardly at all. 
Um, you know, we still account for in our retirement planning and things of that nature. Uh, but it was not, not anything that's in the news. The numbers were incredibly high. So the returns linked to these I-bonds, um, <clears throat> they weren't that great. So no one was really talking about them. Uh, now that inflation is what it is, right? It's high. It's in the news all the time. Everyone's talking about it. So you're always hearing stuff about raising interest rates to try to get inflation under control. Yep. Um, the return on these I-bonds is pretty good right now. Um, it's actually at 9.62%, uh, and they do that semi-annually, um, calculate it every six months. Uh, so that number is locked in through October of this year. And then October, they'll they do use whatever formula they have, um, but inflation is linked into that formula. Is that why it's at 9%? And that's a pretty good rate, isn't it? That's a fantastic rate. Yeah. So if you buy an I-bond before October of this year, you get 9.62% interest for six months. Uh, and so let's say you bought it um, in July of this year. They'll apply that through January of 2023. Um, so six months. And then in January, you get the new calculated rate, whatever it may be. Um, hopefully it's lower, right? And everyone's sick of seeing inflation go up. Um, but these are, are basically meant to kind of hedge inflation and, and yeah. keep make sure that money's keeping pace with inflation. Now, there is some stipulations and rules around these. Um, the first one is that you need to hold them for at least one year. Um, they can earn interest for a total of 30 years or before you decide to cash them in. But it's money that, uh, let's say you have some money in your savings account and you said, hey, you know, uh, I've got some extra and I want to throw it in one of these I-bonds and get a pretty good rate of return. Um, you need to make sure that you're not going to want that, need that money for at least a year. Um, six months, uh, then you should just keep it in your savings account, keep it for the sh- liquid for the short term. Um, but if you're looking a little bit further out, uh, not a bad place to put your money for 9.62%. Um, one thing I kind of heard about but didn't really ex- exactly know the exact rules was if you redeem them before five years, you lose the previous three months of interest. So let's say you hold them for 18 months. You'll, they'll give you 15 months of interest for redeeming them before five years. So there's a little bit of incentive there to hold them for a little longer period of time. Uh, they're trying to get you to hold them for five years. Otherwise, you lose those three months of interest before you re- when you redeem them. Now, if I'm driving around my car and I hear you saying 9.62% guaranteed for six months, that's pretty good. You're not advising us to get out of a 401k and transfer all that money into the I-bonds, right? So you can't. That was the next thing I was going to ah. get to. There's a limit of $10,000. Um, so if you have a large portfolio, uh, $10,000, maybe not a huge difference. But like I said, if you have the extra money in savings, you're like, maybe I'll invest this. The market's pretty volatile. Well, even if the market, with the market, I no one's going to guarantee you 9.62%. No. Um, so you might as well take that $10,000. What you do is you actually open an account with the treasury. Uh, it's not something that you can really buy in a brokerage account or have your advisor do for you. Uh, you go on the Treasury's website, you set up an account with them, and you can buy $10,000 of these I-bonds. And then after a year, if you can decide, hey, I'm just going to leave it in here. I'm sure inflation is probably not going to go to zero in a in a year, and your return is going to be terrible. Um, but Well, you can park it there for a while, right? Yeah, up to 30 years they earn interest for. Oh, um, so even if you know inflation's one percent, I mean you're still getting something for your money, and mm-hmm. for now at least it's better than your savings account even is. Um, and after the, the, they're in there for a year, they're liquid whenever you need them. Um, so even if you know, eh, I'm just going to leave it in here, and a couple years down the road, eh, you know, I could use that money. Maybe the returns down a little bit. Sure, take it out of there. Um, and another thing I actually didn't know when I was reading one of these articles is 
you can actually buy an additional 5000 of paper I-bonds um, using your federal income tax return. I'm not quite sure the mechanics with that, but theoretically you could buy, uh, you not theoretically, you can buy an extra 5000 of paper bonds um, using instead of just online. So in general, do you get more calls about bonds during inflation periods like this than you do? Um, it's something you talk about. Um, these I-bonds are a little bit different from like your typical bonds in your portfolio, right? You're looking at longer maturity bonds. Uh, if you have a 30-year bond uh, that was paying 2%, um, as the interest rates go up, the value of that's going to fall because, well, now I can get a bond for 3%. Why do I want that bond for 2% yeah. that's locked in for all that time? Chauncey, bond, I-bonds are not a part of everybody's portfolio, right? No, I-bonds, most people probably haven't really had them in the past at all. Um, you know, Normal bonds you have in your portfolio, they're issued by corporations, governments, uh, any sort of business out there, and you can buy them and they get associated with the risk. Um, all, AAA all the way down, depending on uh, how good the credit is of the company to be able to pay uh, those interest payments that they have on the bonds. So it's a little bit different um, mechanic from a, a normal bond these I-bonds are. You're getting more calls now, though, than you were <laughs> oh, a year ago. Oh, 100%. Yep. Um, you know, and it's like Spitz said before, um, you know, it's there's nowhere to hide this year, right? Interest rates are going up, so bond prices are going down. So even if you have a 60-40 portfolio, which traditionally has held up really well when the market's down. Because, 60 stocks, right? Yep, 60 stocks, 40 bonds, and it's held up pretty well because when the stocks go down, those bonds typically hold up better. Well, this year you're getting hit across the board. Um, you know, that rule of thumb 60-40, I hear that a lot. I got a question. That's not for everybody, though, right? No, not at all. I mean, if you're a more conservative investor, you're really skittish to the market. If you see a lot of volatility, that's going to keep you up at night. You know, 60-40, it might not be for you. Maybe you say, I only want 30% in stocks or 40% mm-hmm. in stocks. But you do want to have some stocks because it's um, really the only thing that is can th- keep up with inflation, especially right now. Um, you know, if you put money in cash, inflation's 8%. Your cash return is basically nothing right now still, yep. you're losing 8% on that cash. Yeah. Um, and stocks typically are going to return higher than bonds over a long period of time. Um, so it's really meant to keep pace with inflation. So you always want to have some stocks, even if you're pretty skittish about the market. Maybe you don't mind taking a lot of risk. Maybe you want 80%. You can go 100% in stocks. I'm young. I have 100% of my portfolio in stocks. Um, I don't. If it goes up and down, I know it's going to go up more than it's going to go down. And, you know, 100 percent in stocks, right? Yeah, I'm at ninety, I think. But again, I'm not as young as you. No, but but we review this, you know, every now and then. You can make changes. Exactly. I, we're getting a lot of questions, actually, texts and calls. So let me just read you a text real quick. And Spitz, you can chime in on bonds as well. They're asking me. Well, I can't answer it. Hey, Paul, <laughs> can I purchase I bonds for my kids? Yes, that was actually something that you can uh, for friends, relatives. It does count towards the annual gifting limit of 16000 for the year. Um, so you can say you and, well, each you and your wife have 16000 for a year, or you and your spouse. Um, so that would be 32000 you can gift to each kid for the year. The answer is yes, you can. The answer is yes. Donna in New Berlin has a question. Donna, good morning. You're on the yes. retirement clinic. Yeah, good morning. Um, I was just running the three months of penalty of interest you sell before five years. How is that calculated? Is that the last three months, or is it averaged out for the you know for the what rate you're going to be paying back for those three months? 
Uh, so it'll be the last three months of interest they'll take off. So let's say in the example I shared earlier, it's 18 months, um, and you, you decide to, to get rid of them. Uh, maybe you put them back in your savings account, or you want to invest them in a stock portfolio. Um, you lose the last three months of interest that they gave you. Just the last three months? Okay. Yes, just all the last right, three months. Gotcha. So it's all compounded interest over the years then? Yep. Every six months, is, is the, they compound the interest, they come up with the new rate, you hold on to it, and it gets compounded. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And the 5000 extra that you can purchase in paper bonds, is that over the 10000 that you're limited to online? Yes. So it's an additional that if you have an income tax return, it says you can buy an additional 5000 of paper bonds with the federal with the money you get from your federal income tax return. The, re, the refund? Yes, the refund. Okay, gotcha. Okay, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Very welcome. Don, a good question. Uh, boy, that was a good segment of bonds. I didn't know that much about bonds. Well, yeah, and, these, and like, like I said, these I-bonds are a little bit different than your typical bond mm-hmm. um, because they're linked to inflation, $10,000 limit, hold them for at least a year. Um, but they can be a good investment if you're just looking for a place to park that money for a little while. Chauncey, that was so good and informative. I'm going to reward you with picking what number caller for the state fair tickets that we're going to give away right now. Oh, what number? Uh, let's do nine. Get nine, 9% on the I-bonds. We'll hey! do caller nine. 9.62, you said. I don't know if we can do caller 9.62, but we'll nine do and nine. and a half callers. <laughs> no, we can only do uh, nine. So caller nine right now. Get And Spencer's so happy. Usually I say like 50 to make them work, right? I'm, being, I'm trying to give him a break today. Yeah, that, it's that's, Saturday. Yeah, that's not, that'll go fast. They're calling right now, 799-1130. Lines are open. Caller number nine gets four tickets to State Fair with the bargain booklet, or the coupons, as I call it. And it starts August 4th. Caller 9 at WISN. The Retirement Clinic will be back. The sexy segment with Aaron Spitzner coming up right after the break. Stay tuned. I never sang along to this before. Okay, we have a winner. <laughs> Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic. Four tickets to Jerry in Brookfield. Do I have that right? Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. You're going to State Fair. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I've been there in a while. Ooh. Well, you're going to have fun. You get a little bargain, little book of coupons, and you get four tickets. Uh, Spencer, did you get all of his information? Okay, you're set to go. It starts August 4th. Congratulations. Have fun at the fair. Thank you. You bet. Uh, we're going to do that next hour as well. Remember those commercials years ago? Let's all go to the fair. I don't know. Aren't you a farmer, Spitzner? Um, I'm, not, I'm not a farmer. Um, <laughs> you have a garden. But I, I enjoy um, those types of things, yes. Do you take your kids to the animal barns? Oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we have Racine County Fair coming up, too. Um, yeah, that'll be end of the month here. So I think this, end of this up, upcoming week here. This weekend like is here Thursday. So Waukesha is this weekend. Yeah, it's Ted uh, Nugent played last. It only night. makes sense that we have uh, severe storms coming in. I feel like every time with uh, with the fair in Waukesha, it's always it always rains. 
Really? I don't Is know why. The... It just feels that way. Yeah. Well, it's going to tonight. Yeah, I know. It's going to rain a lot tonight, <laughs> by the way, if you haven't been paying attention. And we, we, I leave that to the pros at Fox 6. They'll yeah. give you the updates. Now it's time to switch gears, and we, we're running on empty here. We only got a few minutes. Oh, boy. But I it's your segment. Yeah, it's, yeah it's... I, got a, I got a good one here. It's more of a story, okay? Uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the article, the, the the fine print cost a widow a $464,000 tax deduction. Um, so the article goes on to say, charitable donors beware. A widow lost a $464,000 tax deduction for a gift to a museum because her tax paperwork lacked a few key words. The recent tax court decision in Albrecht v. Commissioner is a fresh reminder of how rigid the standards for charitable deductions often are. Here are the facts of the case. Over the years, Martha Albrecht and her husband amassed a large collection of Native American jewelry and artifacts. In late 2014, Miss Albrecht, by then a widow, donated about 120 items to the Wheelwright Museum of the American Indian in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a well-known institution. On her 2014 tax return, Miss Albrecht claimed a charitable donation deduction of $463,676 for her gift. Although her income wasn't large enough to take the entire deduction for 2014, the law, the law allowed her to carry over and use the remainder for five more years. So pretty good deal there. So you get, you know, whatever you use that year, then you carry it over for the next five years uh, to, to deduct against your income. Uh, however... Here's the catch. Uh, Miss Albrecht didn't have what the law calls a contemporaneous written acknowledgement uh, from the museum explicitly saying whether or not she received goods or services in return for her donation. So even if no goods or services were provided to Miss Albrecht by the wheelwright, she needed this statement in hand before filing her tax return to be eligible for the deduction. By not having the statement, uh, it cost Ms. Albrecht her entire deduction, even though the museum later clarified that it provided no goods or services in return for her donation. Uh, so again, she donated all of these items to the museum, but she never got this form stating that you know it, it, she basically donated it and didn't receive anything in return. Um, even though she didn't receive anything in return, and the museum later said she didn't receive anything in return, she didn't have that paperwork when she filed her taxes. Therefore, she lost the full $463,000 tax deduction. Oh, um, that's a lot. So the bottom line here, with charitable deductions, especially large ones, it's crucial to obey the letter of the law as well as its spirits. So something to be mindful of uh, for anybody out there donating a significant amount uh, to make sure you have that in hand because it is important uh, when you get to dollar amounts of that size. Or have an advisor that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I feel uh, in that situation when you're filing your tax return, you may want to go to a qualified uh, individual to assist with that type of transaction. You know, For some people, when they get into retirement, taxes can be pretty basic uh, at a certain point where you have pension, maybe 401k income, social security. Um, we, you know, not a lot of people itemize anymore, so they, they tend to do it on their own. Uh, but when you have a, you know, a, an event like that, you may want to consult the advice of a professional to make sure you don't lose that deduction. So, and, and I don't know if, plus thousand dollars. I don't know if she was working with somebody or not, but something to be mindful of when it comes to, again, a, uh, a dollar amount of that size. Good sexy good stuff today. Both of you guys brought, uh, you brought your A game to the <laughs> <Right>. table. <laughs> we have gotten more texts on the bond segment, Chauncey. Okay. And 
there's just no time left in the show. So I'm going to come back. We're going to wrap up the show. You can call at any time, the Cobalt Investment Group, if you have a question at 262-522-4040. Their website, thecowalway.com. It's all helpful, but we've got some final comments with Chauncey Weisensel and Aaron Spitzner as the retirement clinic continues. Every Saturday, we are live from 10 to 11. I'm Paul Kronforst. We'll be right back. This was funny because we started out with a Billy Idol theme and went to Billy Joel. <laughs> we did both Billies today on the program. I want to thank Chauncey and, and Aaron uh, for just a great show, a lot of great information. The Kowal Investment Group has a fantastic website, thekowalway.com. Locations headquartered in Waukesha. In addition to that, you guys are located in Racine, a new location in Heartland, right downtown in uh, Port Washington, way up in Ozaukee County, way up. Yeah, way up there. Way up there in Port, you know. (laughs) And uh, Fish Day was last week. That's another event. Every week there's something. Yeah. County Fair, State Fair coming up. And then in in Phoenix, Arizona as well. So thecowalway.com for more information. Chauncey, we got more texts that we don't have time on bonds. I-bonds. Yeah, on the I-bonds, the simplest thing, remember, one year, 9.62. They can go down. They recalculate every six months, and you buy them directly from the Treasury. That's simple. That's I-bonds. Now, there's different types of bonds. Yeah, I-bonds are strictly, they're linked to inflation. Um, $10,000 maximum is the amount that you can buy those a year. And Aaron, you covered today's sexy segment. Good stuff. I know we're in short on time. Sorry. It's all right. I talked really fast. You do. And you're in the Racine office, by the way. That's right. Uh, to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, we should mention, very easy, 262-522-4040, thekowalway.com. You're on social media, too. Yep. I mean, it's not hard to find us. We're everywhere. Just remember Kowal Investment Group. Yep. Uh, Monday through Friday, market updates uh, with these two guys and the rest of the staff. A lot of good folks that provide those updates during the Mark Belling Show uh, drive time Monday through Friday. Next Saturday, we are back live each week at 10 a.m. for the Retirement Clinic. Chauncey and Aaron just have an umbrella ready about 5 o'clock. Other than that, That's right. enjoy your weekend. You too, All right, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Great show, the Retirement Clinic every Saturday. With the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. News and an update on that severe weather moving through tonight. Coming up next on WISN Milwaukee.